it's the impetus to get out of bed every day. I could quite happily just lie there mm. and have a little pity party every day. And then when I'm there, he facilitates my mental health and my physical well-being. It just means it's everything. It's, I, I, I couldn't live without it. From performancewriters.com, this is The Collectives, where we ever so gently put aside the training and the experts just for a little while and focus on some real talk with writers from the equestrian community. I suppose all of us ride for our physical and mental health to some degree, but for many writers, writing forms actually a vital piece of the therapeutic puzzle for them in terms of maintaining and improving their health. Today, we have two wonderful writers from our community, Mel and Angela. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Morning. Hi. Great to have you here. I can't wait to hear your stories. I'm really interested in this topic. Um, let's start with a couple of quick introductions so we can get to know each other. Mel, can we start with you? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Mel Cannon. I live on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, uh, and I have a I ride in Paragrade 5. Um, and I have two newish horses, um, one called Willow, who I've only had since about June, um, and a young horse who I've actually had for a, a, like since she was a weanling, but new to the riding part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Georgie. Oh, Georgie, cute. Excellent. Thank you, Mel. Angela, over to you. Hey, I'm Angela. I live in Sydney in Riot. I have one horse currently and I'm riding at Prelim. Awesome. Okay. So, Mel, let's start with you. So has the riding for you always been a therapeutic thing or has that been more in more recent years? I think it was all, uh, maybe not because when you're growing up, it's probably more like a social fun activity to do. Um, so when I was growing up, writing was eventing for me. Um, and then as things progressed with my health, um, I decided I'd broken many bones. So I decided it was time to transition across to dressage. It was safer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think from there, that's, that's sort of when it became my meditation and, and my space, because mm -hmm. not only was I um, an executive um, an executive director of a private credit fund and I've worked in the major banks. So that's obviously very, like that can be stressful working at the major banks. So it provided me with um, a great form of me time and quiet time for yeah. mental health and recalibrating. Mm -hmm. And then as things have progressed with my health, then it's very much an escape from reality really um we can talk through that a bit more in detail tell me like. about what's been going on with your health if you don't mind yes so um I've had a, a disease in my spine for a very long time but it was only diagnosed in at the start of 21 um but I've like I've had problems since I was 13 so mm -hmm. it was one of those diseases that takes over 10 years before it starts showing in x-rays so oh, wow. the doctors were treating it and they knew it was something was terribly wrong, but they couldn't work out what it was for many years. Um, and I had a lot of um, organ problems and things going wrong for many years, like a laundry list of, oh. of um, medical issues. Um, and I think because I have had the mindset, just push through, just keep going. Um, 
And so I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, which is effectively, if you think about concrete layings every day that goes on, a little bit more concrete gets laid in my spine. And then I get inflammation in my spinal cord, which um, impacts my neck, spine and hips. Um, so it's an incredibly painful um, uh, disease. Mm. And is that, so, is that was, daily sort of just daily pain all the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it varies in degrees. Um, it, cre- it creates incredible stiffness. So sometimes I could be so stiff that I can't tie my hair up or, you know, yeah. just do some, you know, day-to-day activities. Um, I was fortunate enough that the horse I was riding whilst that was going on was actually Brett's old horse, um, Zeppelin. <laughs> Um, and he's 18 one. So people initially people might think, oh, you know, big horse, like how you do cope. He actually was very good for my spine disease because right. he's such big movement, it actually got some movement back in my spine. So yeah. sometimes when I was in incredible pain, just taking lead for a walk would actually um his movement through my spine would actually make me feel better. Wow. Um, so he was physical and mental. Um you know, he did, he, yeah, he's my heart horse and he's really, you know, you get a bad diagnosis or things go wrong. He's the one that's there to give you a hug. <laughs> so, um, and, and then so, yeah, as, that helped you keep loose and supple and things. Yes. Yeah. And other times it would go the other way where it made me worse, <laughs> but, um, you know, picking and choosing. And then we started to realize that, um, I was actually losing control of my legs whilst on the horse. So coaches would be like, oh, come on, Mal, you're like, you're missing your twos, you're missing, because I was doing Grand Prix on lead at the time. Um, You can ride better than this. And I actually have to say, I actually physically can't anymore. Something's really not right. Um, And I was struggling getting upstairs. I'd have to pull myself upstairs, um, struggling to walk. Um, and then more and more things started to go functionally very wrong for me. Um, and then I got diagnosed with um, functional neurological disorder. So that's effectively, um, like if you think about a computer, um, it's effectively the software, which is your brain, um, is, is starting to wig out basically. So it has brain messenger glitches. Um, so when I'm on the horse, um, I actually don't have control of my left leg. So I ride with two whips now. And wow. I was always like fascinated that obviously Led's been a you know top performing horse with Brett. Then he adjusted to do it for an amateur. Yeah. And then he adjusted to be a para horse and learn how to go off the whips, you know. Incredible. So they're really quite incredible. Yeah. Um, but then it kept deteriorating to the point where I he just isn't like I could go for a walk down the road, but I can't. He's just too much for me to be able to ride. So that was yeah. quite devastating to have to move on from him mm. um, and find a new partner in crime. Mm. Um, and what, so you, you mentioned when you were having a lesson and, and you know, the coach would say, you, you know, do better, Mel, you could do mm. better than this. Has that been a frustrating experience to try to communicate to fellow riders or coaches like this? It, I'm not feeling what you're feeling mm. here or you think I'm feeling. How, how have you navigated that? I think the most challenging thing for me is when you look at me, I don't look like I would be a power rider. So that was probably the most confronting thing. So 
what are people going to say when I go from Grand Prix to riding para as was a huge fear factor for me. And to the point where you're like, oh, I don't even know how to participate in the sport I love anymore. Um, and I think for riders that aren't, that do look at para riders and do wonder what's wrong with them, I think it, um, it's a good lesson to understand that if you are classified and like I've been classified by the FEI, it's a grueling process where you have to submit all your medical, like a lot of medical records, um, and you go through a 90-minute, hour to 90-minute physical assessment, which breaks you. <laughs> um, and I had two head classifiers from the FBI come out and do that. Um, so there's there's no chance someone can get classified unless it meets the specific FBI criteria. Mm. Um, so that was probably my biggest fear is because people can't see it. Um, they don't. They just think that I'm not trying hard to do it. Absolutely. And so it's been an adjustment for everybody because when when they realise, uh, particularly in like the twos, you would notice that like my leg just would sporadically move and poor old lead's so fine-tuned that he oh, another change, another change. Right. So yep. um, I think people do. It just took time for the coaches to understand that, okay, this is is not the same rider that we were working with mm. but it has been a good uh refocus to um to change into you know to riding for para um sometimes people say oh you know you might go on and with these new horses and go through the grades and I'm like honestly doing the para test that I do for coordination is probably the max that I yeah. feel at this stage I'd be able to do yeah yeah so what is riding for you right now? So lead became a little bit too much. He, he was a absolutely amazing but really huge. Really yeah. Huge <laughs> um, yeah. So is it is the size easier with the other horses or what is that? Yeah. So the two new horses, they're 16 hands with shoes on. So they're okay. like young. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day, up a hill. Yeah, yeah. on a good day. Um <laughs> Georgie might even be smaller than that. Um, so from, and they're very light, um, light athletes on their feet. Um, you know, Georgie's a KWPN that actually David Shoebridge bred. Um, and uh, Willow, um, yeah, is a light modern, light mover. I don't actually know how Willow knows what to do, to be honest, because um, she can hear your thoughts and she does it. So yeah, right. it fascinates me yeah. how the how these wonderful animals really understand what we're saying, mm. um, particularly when we talk about training being consistent. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> my legs are, just don't have ability to be consistent, <laughs> um, but they seem to be able to work through what what it is. Um, so physically, they don't um, challenge me, um, yeah. and they're very they're very much better suited um for where I'm at now but and I think that you know even last Friday I'd come back from the hospital I'd been vomiting all afternoon I had a lesson booked but when you get on the horse even if you can feel awful because uh, mum does a lot incredible amount to help me uh when you're on the horse somehow I can tap into something else and it's an escape from life for that 40 minutes um yeah and you feel probably more normal because the horse gives you that freedom to feel like that. 
So, and then you get off and reality hits again and you're nauseous and things are not going well. <laughs> but wow. um, that that's, yeah, the horses give me time to yeah. feel a bit more normal, I guess, yeah. That's incredible. And so is it more of that mental relief and that mm-hmm. mental break for you at the moment or is it still helping you physically as well or is it not helping you physically <laughs> yeah that's a good question so mentally definitely they they are soothing they calm me down they keep me grounded when things are coming becoming overwhelming um uh physically uh so i have the only way to fix or not you can't fix it the only way to keep things from progressing is is rehabilitation so that could be a full-time job if I did everything that the doctors want me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I have to work on the functional movement of my body and coordinating that, the horses are like a rehabilitation program in themselves. Okay. So just doing the riding and coordinating all of that um, is enjoyable rehab, let's say, from okay. a physical point of view. Yeah. And do the doctors agree with that? Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. They say the horses are extremely important and yeah. um, and they know how much they contribute to the mental well-being as well. Amazing. Mm. And so what now does competition mean to you? Does it mean anything to you? Uh, it does in that I'm always, I've always been a very driven person to get, get to where I want to go. Um, I think we were very deliberate with the horses that we bought, like, you know, the two that I've got now. So I've reshifted my focus to try and get to the Paris Paralympics. Um, so I'm going to go to England next year with two horses to train with Spencer Wilton and, and campaign from the, the two girls and campaign from there. Sometimes I feel like that's, that's overwhelming. How am I going to? cope without all my you know backup and support that I've got in Australia but I've been really fortunate that I've got a couple of friends that um are going to come and support me and and help me with that so um I think para becomes a a community sport to be honest it's a real team sport Mm -hmm. um so I'll try my best but to be honest it gives you a goal and a target to focus on to keep you moving forward so that's probably what competition means to me now more than the um uh more than the analyzing of you know obviously i'm gonna have to do all of that to to produce the scores but Mm. really for me competition means i'm still moving forward i've got purpose and it's kind of like i don't want this thing to beat me Ah, oh, that is so great. Mm. I think that's amazing. And yeah, so you it's you've completely reframed that competition. Like it's mm. because I mean, for a lot of people, competition is a little it becomes a little bit meaningless. Um, and mm. they can lose their way a little bit because they're like, Well, I put all this effort in, I go and get a ribbon and what's the point? But you've got a real reason mm. um to be doing that, which is amazing. Yeah. And it was interesting because I was having a chat to Susie Huvenaz the other day and, and I haven't been out competing on the new horse yet. And, yeah, she is going really well, but um, I don't feel the pressure to need to go out and compete just for the sake of it. So mm-hmm. I'll bring her out when I feel that we're both ready to do a good job and enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And are you able to ride 
um, sort of ride the boat, ride two of the horses yourself, you know, whatever, five days a week or something, or what's the routine? No, I usually ride four days a week um, and that's probably only two and a half days properly training and then we do just something fun, go down the road or, yeah, walk over some poles or something. That's with Willow. Um, But Georgie is actually based with Nat Davies, um, a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's turning her into a para horse. (laughs) So I go and have a lesson every now and then on her. But um, yeah, we just weren't sure. We just wanted to have a bit of a backup plan in case one horse didn't work out or, yeah. yeah. But, no, I don't ride Georgie. Um, I could, managing both, I'd need a lot of help. Um, So it's easier to base one with a rider and then just go down and ride here and there. Yeah, for sure. It's Brett Parbury here, and I just wanted to pop in and say that if you're enjoying this conversation, you might like to head over to performanceriders.com slash podcast, where we list free training resources just for our podcast audiences. Find out what's available now at performanceriders.com slash podcast. And now back to the episode. Angela, let's scoot over to you. I imagine that you're probably listening to that story and relating to. Yeah, Yeah, it, it just resonated greatly for me everything I just concur wholeheartedly with Mel wow what a phenomenal phenomenal story yeah you know tell me your story Angela Mm. um so I uh I started riding as a mature age I always loved horses but didn't grow up in a family of horse people um and so when my children had grown up I decided to take riding lessons and start riding dressage I love that which was so cool (laughs) yeah yeah, and um, I, I just had was having, I was living the dream, living the dream, and then I was down um, on a property mustering cattle in 2008 and I woke up and I was blind and um, they rushed me to the hospital. I dreamt that I was going blind and I woke up and I was blind in my right eye completely and they diagnosed me with optic neuritis, and which is... Um, indicative of somebody with multiple sclerosis. So I was rushed to um, the SAN and I was given therapy and I regained my sight completely, which was just miraculous, and um, was put in the care of a brilliant doctor, neurologist, who's I've been under his care for my whole entire time since 2008, uh, 2013, sorry, and... His idea for me was to keep riding. So I did the best thing possible and went out and bought my first horse. Oh, and um, I've been doing that ever since. But oh. like Mel, I've I've had to um, change my ideas and um, readjust things because, as, as you know, it, some days are much harder than others. I live with chronic pain and people would look at me and have absolutely no idea right. that um, I'm suffering and that I have to medicate myself and I have to be careful. But I have to say that the horse has been my saving grace because he is my reason to get out of bed. Mm. And no matter how I'm feeling or what I'm going through, once I get to the yard and open the front gate, it's, it's all gone. I'm in, I'm present, I get on, I can ride. I 
and totally mentally and physically with that animal and um, he's been my saving grace, mm. I have to say. It's incredible, Angela. I get really emotional thinking oh, yeah. about it. I got really emotional when Mel was talking because it's, it's so real. Their mm. therapeutic quality is so real. Yeah. So real. Yeah. I mean, Just, even the MS Society, they sorry, they they yeah. um they talk about it's called hippotherapy and it's where like Mel was talking about the movement of the horse and actually your movement in helping to build up the strength in your torso to help with your breathing, to lessen spasticity yeah. in the body. I mean, it's a phenomenal um like physio tool writing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's been a blessing. Combines the two things, the physical and the mental, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because um, I'm really getting from you both how powerful that relief is, that mental yeah. relief when you're with the horses and the opportunity to be present and in the moment. It, do you find that same kind of mental relief doing any other activities, Angela, or is it something about the horses in particular? No, I, 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 it's, it's totally about the horses. Mm. I wish I could find something. No, I don't actually. I don't because now I just I, I look forward to it. I love it mm. so much. And I'm really so lucky to be in a yard that totally supports me. And I have a coach that totally understands my situation. So I could be in a lesson and she'll say, right, that's enough for today. We've done, I can see you're starting to labor. You're getting tired now. This is where you'll make mistakes. We won't, we won't do that today. Yeah. We'll end on a high note. So I'm really just so happy with where I'm at at the moment. And that must be really important to find the right coach. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So how did you how did you manage that? How did I manage that? I was I I was currently in a yard and it wasn't going well. Um, so I left there and I reached out to a lady I knew in our area in Arcadia who'd actually been my first judge she's the first woman I ever went down the central line towards and she ran a small adjustment yard and something I don't know what it was call it the universe a higher power said send her an email and see if she had a position and um by some fluke she had one spot and I literally loaded my horse on the trailer and I was there within a week wow and I've been there a year now and in that year I've joined the Parbury program I've done breakthrough I've, um, you know, ready to become a goldie. (laughs) It's been phenomenal because the other thing is I'm setting myself up also for I don't live with the idea that it's going to happen, but I think we have to be prepared for the day that I can't ride. Okay. So I'm getting as much information as I can so I pencil for brilliant Mm -hmm. judges and I'm hoping to get into a judging program maybe so that, you know, when I can't physically get on a horse, God forbid, I could get in a car and, and, and you know, be present in the sport that I love oh, yeah. by doing something else. Yeah. yeah, that'd be amazing to make that contribution. And would you still then have your horse, have a horse to, to spend that time with? Would that still Absolutely. be valuable to you? Yeah, yeah. My boy's my forever horse. Mm. He's my unicorn. Yeah. Yeah, and what you know, I was talking. I was talking to Mel about competition. I mean, what's your what's your perspective with competition? Is it does it mean anything to you? Absolutely, it gives you that focus. It is 
it gives you that that impetus to keep going, to get better, to strive for as high perfection as you can get. Um, even though I'm still in the lower levels, because I had a bit of a hiccup at the beginning, um, it gives you something to look forward to. And I, I don't compete against anybody else. There's no way my boy could compete with an imported warm blood, but I compete with myself and to get the best result that I can get on that particular day. And it gives me something else to think about outside this, you know, this condition. So, you know, it, it's definitely, I really love it. I, I do, I love it. I love being around other riders all, you know, getting ready to compete and I love cheering everybody else on and being in that moment. I think it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's truly a wonderful thing. Is it? Um, is there a good understanding from the horse community about your particular needs with the horses and the riding? I mean, you've found the right coach. What about other peers? And that thing that, you know, you both said that to, to look at you, nobody would think anything yeah. of it, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't advertise the fact that I have multiple sclerosis. Um, so if somebody asks me or find out, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I still compete with with able-bodied riders, um, I'm I'm lucky um, t- enough to be able to do that. So um, nobody knows. So I just I just get on with it. Um, I, it's it's enough that my coach knows what yeah. I'm going through, and she gives me the support to to either keep going for a particular competition, or if she thinks that we should scratch, we scratch. If not, we just we we go out and do the best we can. Mm. I just yeah. think that is so fascinating that, you know, you're doing this, but if you're doing it, there must be loads of riders mm-hmm. who are Absolutely. riding with all these invisible issues mm-hmm. that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's oh, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, because I was very similar to Angela and then uh, Julia Battams from Equine Pathways really encouraged me to go and get classified. Yeah. And then when I did get classified, a couple of other riders got classified with me who had been like Angel and I trying to do the able-bodied because we hadn't didn't know what the community would think. And then yeah. they're like, oh, well, if you're going to get classified, then I feel brave enough to do it too. Yeah. So yeah. That there has to be. There's got to be lots of people out there that yeah. aren't, you know, brave enough to maybe say to the community that they're in that, um they potentially could be a power rider. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so lucky at the moment that I can still ride mm. in in the the standard classes. Uh, what is even more fantastic is that I do have that option in the future mm. to become mm. a power rider. And I've got that up my sleeve. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that to me in itself is it, it's fantastic. I mean, it's such a brilliant part of the sport that I can move from this section to another section and still take part in what I love to do and to be surrounded by the people that I love to be surrounded by that are are like-minded, you know, who love horses as much as we all do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love uh, watching you talk about the horses and competing, Angela. Your face just lights up. (laughs) Oh, my God. After Mel, though, Mel, when you were speaking, I got so emotional because I totally... Totally feel what you were saying. It was so articulate. It was wonderful. Mm. And you would because um, MS is hardware, 
an F and D is software, but they yeah. result in very similar outcomes. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Let's wrap up just with letting me know what now, you know, in this moment, at this time of your life, what what do the horses mean to you now? Angela, you want to go first? Everything. Everything. Mm. Totally. But don't think it would be possible at this time in my life to live without them and without yeah. the community that surrounds me in the horse industry. Um, it's the impetus to get out of bed every day. I have to physically get out of bed where I could quite happily just lie there mm. and have a little pity party every day. But because I have that huge animal that relies on me to get him out, to keep him physically active, to keep him healthy, and then when I'm there, he facilitates my mental health and my physical well-being. It just means it's everything. It's I, I, yeah, I couldn't live without it. Isn't it incredible mm. that horses came into your life like oh, just at that right time? Mm. Absolutely, yeah. It's almost like it was predestined, isn't it? It's funny mm. how things work out. And I always try and look at the positive in everything. Mm. Um, and so regardless of having this condition, what great benefits have I, I got from it? Mm. Know, if I hadn't have got this horse, if I hadn't have gone to this yard, if I hadn't have met this particular woman who absolutely adored Brett Barbary, I would never have got into this course with her and met everybody in the Parbury program. So, yeah, thank you. No, oh, no, thank you. From the bottom of my heart. Mm. Mel, what about you? Uh, very similar to Angela, to be honest, and it was a question that got tears in my eyes too. Um, I remember ringing a friend to say I couldn't ride lead anymore and what was I going to do? And that was really hard. And yeah. then um, she made a couple of calls to a breeder in Queensland, uh, Craig Newton. And then within a matter of three weeks, Willow arrives. And um, I'm so grateful that the horse community did that because Willow is incredible and I could have been yeah. very easily been, you know, without my riding. Yeah. 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 Oh, so true. Tissue. <laughs> Oh, God, it's really amazing. I'm so glad everybody else cried because usually I'm the big crier. (laughs) So it's wonderful that we're all in this together. (laughs) That's it, that's it. (laughs) And Uh, I'm more than happy to carry bags overseas for you, Mel. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And Angela, I've got to ask you, did uh, did your amazing wall of horses exist before you (laughs) got into riding? (laughs) You mean behind me? Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you about those quickly? Please. When I was a tiny little girl, a girl down the road had one of these horses on her cabinet and she let me play with it on the floor every day. And it was one of the happiest memories of my childhood. These are actually antiques from 
back in the day when we used to go to sideshow carnivals, yeah. when you won a prize, today we get fluffy toys, back in the day you got a toy like this. Yeah, wow. And that these so are cool. carnival toys. That is, this is so what the prize cool. You're given. So when um, I was about in my 30s and I found one in an antique shop and since then I've been collecting them from all around the world. Wow. They come in four different sizes as for four different grades when you were at the yeah. year carnival. And, um, yeah, I've had, I just, I just adore them. It just takes me back to a really happy time in my life Yeah, when I was little and this wonderful woman used to let me play with hers on the floor. Oh, so that's the story behind it. She started it all. I'm so glad I asked yeah. her about that. I didn't expect <laughs> that story. Yeah, and so they're, they're, yeah, they're, um, yeah you, I've picked them up at deceased estates and all around the world I've had them shipped in from America and, yeah, they're, yeah, they're amazing. amazing. It's incredible. Oh. Well, Mel and Angela, thank you so much. What an incredible time with you very moving very inspiring you know a real um reality check as well i think for a lot of us about what some writers are going through that we may not realize so thank you both so much thank you thank you for your time Mm, lovely to meet you mel yeah you too angela (laughs) good luck ladies and i can't wait to see where you both take your writing very excited for you thank Thank you. you so much